The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. And for many, welcome back to the show. We're going to continue with our topic from last week, and that was our poor presentation skills hurting you. And as we've said every show, our goal is to help you to be the best you can possibly be in sales and business and even life. And the bottom line is this topic, our poor presentation skills hurting you, is an important topic for, for everyone because in order for any of us to move ahead in life, we have to be able to communicate effectively. We have to be able to communicate our ideas. We have to be able to influence others and persuade them in a positive manner. And one of the things that a USA Today poll identified was that for most Americans, the, the, the speaking in public was the greatest fear we had. That was a fear that was greater than death. So as a result, we have a tendency to shy away from those things that we're uncomfortable doing. But in order, in order for us to get what we want in life, we're going to have to master this skill. So last week we started by talking about several of the key components necessary to be successful in public speaking, in providing presentations. And we're going to continue with that. If you missed last week's show, I really suggest that you go back and listen to it. Uh, we were, when we ended, we were talking about 10 common mistakes in presentations. And I believe we had just finished talking about, uh, dull and dry, uh, dull, dry and boring presentations. And the next topic was being frozen in one spot. Uh, I've seen, uh, presenters speak where they were so nervous that it was like they didn't want to move because there was some type of force field around them, and if they moved and touched the force field, they would be zapped into eternity. It's okay to move. It really is. Now, now if you're the type where you want to be behind a, a, a podium, that's fine, uh, but I highly recommend getting comfortable with moving. And one of the other topics was weak eye contact. If we're going to be effective in giving exceptional presentations, we have to get comfortable with making eye, tech, eye contact with everyone in our audience. One of the tendencies that I've seen quite often is we will normally just make eye contact with the ultimate decision maker if there's a group of people there. And the, the deadliest one I've ever seen is when, let's say, there's a, a male and a female decision maker. And I see this happen 
with male presenters and female presenters alike. Uh, let's say that the female pre- uh, decision maker asks a question. We'll look at her, ask that question. Then when she's finished asking a question, we will look at the male and answer the question to him. And that's deadly. I mean, because we just discounted the lady decision maker and we have to be extremely mind, mindful of that. A lot of times I, during my presentation workshops, I'll actually video uh, the presentations and I'll have a female decision maker with me and I'll make sure she stands far away from me so the camera can catch it if they're giving both of us good eye contact or if they're primarily focusing focusing on me and you would be amazed how many times they very they rarely look at the other decision maker so we need to be mindful of that make sure you give everyone equal eye contact at least two to three seconds it doesn't have to be systematic where you go person to person to person around the room it can be random but make sure everyone gets eye contact so they feel connected with you the other topic was that one of the crimes was Poor or no facial expression. And one of the best gifts, one of the best tools we have on our face is a smile. And that is the thing that we need to use. So even if you make a mistake and just smile, just laugh it off, play it off. If you're comfortable with your mistake, your audience will be un- will be comfortable with it. If you're uncomfortable, it will show and they will be uncomfortable with it. So make sure you smile, you look pleasant, you look comfortable like you're enjoying actually what you're doing. Another crime is whenever possible, you want to get your audience involved. The crime was no audience involvement. So as much as possible, get your audience physically involved in your presentations. If there's something they can touch let them touch it if it's something they can open let them open it if it's something that they can actually calculate give them the calculator and let them calculate the numbers make sure you know what the end result supposed to be so if they make a mistake you can say okay let's go back and and, and try that again multiply this times this so get them physically involved don't just let them sit there because today we can't stand being uh inactive we have to be attentive and the other one was no enthusiasm or passion. And as we said in the last uh, radio show, we have to be passionate about whatever it is we're providing because that is attractive. People can feed off of your enthusiasm and your passion. All right. And another one was poor visual aids. And we talked about make sure whatever you, if you're using PowerPoint slides, make sure the print is big enough for your audience to see. Uh, make sure the background doesn't clash with the print. So it's, it's difficult on the eyes. And the, the final common mistake in presentations that we run into quite often is what I call a weak close or no close or weak next steps. We have a tendency to say to the our audience, well, that concludes our presentation. Um, let's see. Uh, any questions? And then they say no. <laughs> well, uh, so when should we touch base with you again? And they say, well, try us the 1st of February. That might be a good time. Okay, well, very good. We'll call you the 1st of February. We have to, 
we have to be prepared and we have to know what we want the next steps to be. We have to identify that. And one of the things that I normally ask at the end of the presentation, because I want to know where I stand with them. I want to know if they have bought into whatever it is we're talking about or if they still have reservations or concerns. So one of the questions I'll ask is I'll say, you know, thank you for investing your time to participate today, and we'd like to conclude our, our presentation. Based on what we share with you today, do you feel comfortable that we can provide the results you're looking to achieve? And then you just let there be silence, because in many cases, no one has ever asked them for their opinion after the presentation like that. So you have to be also be prepared for whatever the answer is going to be. The answer may be, well, yeah, we do feel comfortable, but you can provide the, the results we're looking to achieve. Okay, at this point, now we talk about next steps, whatever makes sense in your sales process. And it may be to go ahead and close it now or ask for a commitment. Or the next step may be some other step in the sales process. But I, you want to know where you stand with your audience. So if the answer is yes, you identify next steps. If the answer is, well, no, we really still have some questions. We don't feel you've answered adequately. Don't be afraid. Don't be concerned. Well, this is a good thing to know. Now we get a chance to ask them, okay, so we obviously missed the mark in some areas. Would you mind sharing with us where you feel we fell short? And let them tell you and don't feel judged because this now will give you an opportunity to find out where you fell short. And if at all possible, you may have an opportunity during this presentation now to shore up your position, to answer those questions to a point where they now feel comfortable. And then you can still move forward and ask for a commitment. So a lot of times we feel like we would rather not ask because we don't really want to know. Uh, and if we don't hear a no, that means we're still in the, we're still in the running. No, you, you're not. They just haven't told you yet. <laughs> so let's find out where we stand by asking a, a question, all right, to test the water. And let's talk about some presenter phobias. And believe it or not, I did not make these up. I promise you, I did not make these up. There are three primary presenter phobias that people who speak in public run into. And the first one is called laliophobia. Yep, that is a word, laliophobia. And the next one is demophobia. And the last one is catagalophobia. Those are the three primary presenterphobias, laliophobia, demophobia, and catagalophobia. And laliophobia basically means fear of speaking. When we get in front of an audience, we have a tendency to either we forget what we want to say or we just start stuttering. Uh, that's laliophobia. And demophobia is basically a fear of crowds. You're okay one-on-one. -on -one, but when you have to get or present or speak in front of three or more people, uh, it's, it's nerve-wracking to you. And the other one, catagalophobia, is the fear of ridicule. You're, you're concerned and you have this fear that they're going to laugh at you. They're judging you. Uh, there's something wrong with you. And re remember, we want to eliminate fears. You know, fear is that the acronym for fear was false evidence appearing real. And we talked about in the first show really that 97% of the things that we're afraid of or we're concerned about, we're worried about, they aren't going to happen. 
They just aren't. They're real in our minds. And as a result of it being real in our minds, it becomes reality. The other 3% that actually does happen, worrying about it was not going to change the outcome. All right. So we have the fear of speaking, the fear of crowds and the fear of ridicule. And I was in a workshop, a presentation skills workshop last week in Chicago. And I asked the question <laughs> jokingly. I said, OK, fear. We have fear of speaking, fear of crowds, fear, fear of ridicule. How many of you in here also afraid of clowns? And believe it or not, out of 21 people, six people, adults, raised their hands. There are a lot of us that are afraid of clowns. I don't know why yet, but I'm, I'm sure I find out. So let's talk about what are some of the symptoms of these fears. And you've probably experienced some of these symptoms. The first one is all of a sudden, just before you have to speak, your pulse starts racing. As a matter of fact, you almost feel like you can hear your heart beating. You feel that your audience can hear your heart beating. It's beating so loud. They can't hear it. The other one is shallow breathing. Because we're nervous, we don't take good deep breaths. And one of the best things you can do before you uh, start a presentation is take a deep breath. It relaxes you. Also, it allows oxygen to get to your body, your, your, to your brain. Your brain needs oxygen <laughs> in order to think clearly. All right. And then we sometimes we get muscle spasms. You know, those muscle spasms that you get where your, your lip starts twitching or just under your eye, your eye starts twitching and you believe everybody in the room can see it. And how embarrassing this, no one can see it, it's only you. You can feel it, but no one else can see it. Just keep it moving. Then we have this other thing called dry mouth, or professionals call it cotton mouth. One of the things you always want to have near you is a glass of water, a pitcher of water. So if your mouth gets dry, you can get some relief by just taking a quick drink of water. Then we have nausea. Uh, where people, just before they speak, they actually get nauseous. And I have to tell you, that happened to me one time. Uh, it turned out to be one of the best presentations I ever gave. So what we want to do is learn how when we get this nervousness, uh we want to turn it into energy. We want to turn it into positive energy. All right? Then we get sweaty palms. Our palms start sweating. Uh, sometimes you'll see under someone's arm. The big sweat pockets. And you've probably even seen down someone's back. It could be really cold in the room, but they're so nervous that they had, they're just sweating profusely everywhere. And another one is tight nerves. Tight nerves. Yep, that's right. Tight nerves. It's to the point where you're so wound up, you allowed yourself to get so wound up about this thing to the point where someone says to you, hey, good morning. What do you mean, good morning? Don't you ever speak to me like that again. Relax. It's okay. It's okay. The, you know, as usual, the time is going by quickly, and it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience. Let's sell something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T Y E at T Y E M A N E R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard, and I am your host, Ty Maynard. And today we're talking about presentation skills, and the title of the show is, Are Your Presentation Skills Hurting You? Is it costing you business? Is it losing you margin? Is it costing you market share? So we're giving you some ideas and some tips to help you improve your presentation skills. We were just talking about uh, initially, we're talking about some fears. We're talking about uh, laliophobia, the fear of speaking, demophobia, the fear of crowds. We're talking about catagalophobia, the, the fear of um, ridicule, being laughed at. And we were just talking about some of the symptoms you know, uh, of these particular fears, having a fast pulse, shallow breathing, muscle spasms, cotton mouth, nausea. He's getting very sweaty in a cold room. And, and we are, lastly, we're talking about tight nerves, okay? When we, we wind up so much for this presentation that we're chopping people's heads off around us. And what you want to do is just relax because we're making things worse. And the last one, the last symptom is blurred vision. Blurred vision, yes. We get so worked up to the point sometimes where we can't even see straight. And I'll never forget I was in Seattle and I was talking about these symptoms and I gave the last one blurred vision. And one one of the persons in my audience that said to me, oh, really, come on, man, give me a break. Blurred vision because you're giving a presentation. Man, you got to be kidding me. I said, no, it happens. He said, well, I don't buy that. I said, well, you don't have to. But as poetic justice would have it, 
Okay. The next day when his team was giving their presentation, his job as a part of his team was to read a testimonial letter. And as he started reading the letter, it's, uh, you would have sworn he had not finished kindergarten. <laughs> he was jumbling words all together. And when we did the debrief, he said, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, the words start running together as I read them. And that was because he was messing with me. See, so all of these things can happen to you, but they don't have to. So we want you to relax. So let's talk about some ways that we can get past these. Let's talk about the cures to these symptoms. And the cure number one is go ahead and memorize the first two minutes of what you're going to say. Get that down, Pat, because this is what has a tendency to happen. If you start strong, you have the tendency to continue strong. And if you continue strong, you have the propensity to finish strong. Okay? So memorize the first two minutes of what you're going to say. Also, I want you to pre-plan your first sentence for maximum impact. You want to have a sentence that's going to sit them back on their heels. And I'll give an example. I was working with a company in office furniture, and they were giving, getting ready to give a presentation to a prospect that was interested in using their furniture for their brand new big building. And what the lady said was, was really amazing. She said, you will not accomplish your business goals unless you plan a specific facility strategy that directly reflects your business goals. And that was powerful because she was saying in order to hit your ultimate business goals, your facility is going to have to reflect those business goals. And even the furniture that you put in the facility all lend itself to you hitting your ultimate goal. From that point, from that first impactful sentence, she had the audience. So pre-plan your first sentence for maximum impact. All right. Then also create cheat sheets. Don't try to remember everything. I like to have little three by five cards and I'll write down key bullets. Or if you're using PowerPoint, you can look back at, at the bullet points to to trigger where you need to go next. Then rehearse. And then after you've rehearsed, rehearse and then rehearse one more time for good measure, because once you get it down, that's going to. Enhance your confidence. And as we've identified before, when people sense confidence, they are attracted to it. When they sense that we aren't confident, they get concerned and nervous about doing business with us. So, And you want to rehearse aloud. Rehearse in the mirror. Rehearse into a recorder. Rehearse in front of other people. Do not rehearse in your brain, in your head, because it's going to always sound perfect until you actually get in front of your audience. Another thing I, I normally recommend also, arrive to where you're going to be presenting one hour ahead of time, one hour early. If you have to set up, go ahead and set up early because the last thing you want, and, and some of you listening, you've probably experienced this, where two minutes, five minutes before your presentation, you're still running around trying to make copies. You're still running around trying to set up uh, snacks, snack food, trying to make coffee. And it's helter-skelter, and as a result, your nerves are frazzled, and you're setting yourself up for failure. So you want to be set up at least an hour early 
so you can just kind of relax, go back over your notes, process, envision yourself doing well in this presentation. And then when people start coming, you are ready to meet and greet them. All right. If someone is that's new is there, you haven't met or you don't know, you get an opportunity to introduce yourself, find out who they are, they are, find out a little bit about them. This is all improving your odds of of giving a successful presentation. And before you start, take a deep breath, a deep breath and get ready to give the best presentation you've ever given. All right. Uh, Another key thing is get plenty of rest the night before your presentation. You need rest. Okay. Uh, If you have a tendency to go out and hang out the night before, don't go out. Don't hang out. If you have a tendency the night before to get into a fight with your kids, just say, hey, son, I have a big presentation tomorrow and I'm not going to go there with you tonight. However, I will see you after my presentation. (laughs) All right. But don't go there. I mean, if your neighbor's dog has a tendency to do bad things in your yard and you see it, just look at it and say, you know what? There's no poop in my yard. There's no poop in my yard. Serenity now. Serenity now. Do not let anything phase you. If the if you get a ticket on the way, just say, thank you, officer. May I have another? All right. So relax. It's showtime. Keep that in mind. It is showtime. All right. So let's talk about some other components of effective presentations, some other components of effective presentations. And the next thing I'd like to talk about is basically what does your audience want? You have to know your audience. What do they already know about the subject matter that you're going to be presenting on. Okay, is this a new topic for them that they have never experienced before? If that's the case, you're going to have to make it easy for them to understand and process. Are they experts on this subject that you're talking about? Then if that's the case, then you have to be mindful of their expertise and not speak too elementary. What is their attitude about the subject? All right. Is it something that they're excited about or did they come kicking and screaming because they were drafted by the husband or the wife or by they were drafted to be on this board and they really don't have any interest? What questions does the audience want answers to? What's important to them? What benefits are most important to them? And I have a I have a poem that I kind of developed that gets at this, the essence of what's important to your customer. And it kind of goes like this. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, we must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. That's right. I created that. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, we must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. All right, we have to understand the client from their perspective, not ours. All right, so let's talk about how we're going to set this up. The first thing you want to do is organize your message. And as we said uh, last week, identify what is it about my presentation I want them to walk away thinking, feeling, or believing. 
What do I want them to walk away thinking, feeling, or believing? And in your opening, that's when you're going to welcome them. You're going to thank them for for being willing to participate in the presentation. Uh, if it's just you, you'll introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you. If you have other teammates, you'll either introduce your teammates or have them introduce themselves where they'll tell who they are, their name, and what their role is going to be in the presentation or their role is in the business project. And then once we've done that, we're going to identify the topics we're going to be covering. And these should be topics that are critical to this client. All right. Now, this is my process for team presentations. Uh, those of you who've watched football before, you've probably seen uh, on the football field many different positions. And you'll see multiple people in one position on the field at any given time. You'll see multiple running backs, uh, linebackers, wide receivers, defensive backs, guards, tackles. But you only see one quarterback on the field at any given time. And the quarterback is pretty much controlling the pace of the offense. In presentations, you want to have a quarterback. You don't want to have five quarterbacks, but, but one. And this person basically determines who is going to speak next if a question is asked. They feel the question, and then they determine who on their team is best suited to answer the question. Once the question is answered, they then go back to the audience and say, thank you for asking that. Did, did we answer your question satisfactorily? And if they say, yes, you did, then he commends the teammate. Hey, great job, Jeff. Thank you very much for answering that question. And then moves on with the presentation. And so that's what happens in the body. And in, this, and in the close of the presentation, basically what we want to do is summarize overall how our products or services are going to assist them in meeting their objectives, whether it's making their life easier, making their company more profitable. We want to remind them of what everything we talked about, how it's going to assist them in accomplishing the goals that they've identified that are critical to the success of their family, their business, their company, their lifestyle. All right. So basically, the old style way of talking about this is in the opening, we're going to tell them what we're going to talk about. In the body, we're going to talk about it. And in the close, we're going to tell them what we told them. So they basically hear it three times to make it more solid and to help them fully understand it. All right. So what we're going to do now is take another short break. And I am having a blast. I love talking about this. And you are listening to Ty Maynard. And this is for Get Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you soon. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? 
Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about how to be more successful by giving better presentations. And we're going to continue and keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Let's talk about questions because a lot of times I have people ask me, well, Ty, what do you do if someone interrupts your presentation and they just keep asking you questions and it keeps derailing you and it's taking you in a direction you don't want to go with your presentation. I have seen many of presentations derail because we lose control because a, 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 a myriad of questions start coming at us. And one of the rules of thumbs in selling is this. Whoever is asking the questions is in control. So if the audience is asking you a bunch of questions and you're doing all of the feeling, you've lost control of your presentation. So one of the things I will normally recommend is this. If you're giving a brief period of time for a presentation, I highly recommend, if at all possible, responding to questions. Responding to questions should be saved until the end of the presentation. If at all possible, and one of the things I'll do to help set that up is at the beginning of my presentation, I'll say, we have a short period of time to talk uh, about how we're going to help you accomplish your goals, how we're going to help improve uh, profitability or improve your quality of life. So what we're going to do is first talk about that, 
And then we've saved some time at the end of the presentation to answer any questions. Now, if you'll note, we've also placed in front of you some blank pads and a pen. So feel free to write down any questions that you think of. Or if you want to go ahead and ask us the question during the presentation, we'll capture it for you so we can answer it during the question and answer period. And that will help you to maintain control. And you'll get through your presentation, and then at the end, you can answer the questions. Now, even though you just laid it out like that as eloquently as we just discussed, there are going to be times where someone is not going to want to adhere to the policy. They're going to ask you a question anyway. What I would recommend in that situation is something we call a switch. So let's say John said, well, Ty, what about the Higginbotham effect? I need to know about the Higginbotham effect. And I would say to switch it, I would say, John, you know, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked that. I'll tell you what. What we're doing right now is talking about how we can bring the entire project to a successful fruition. So would it be okay with you if I just go ahead and capture that so I can answer that for you during the question and answer period? I would say nine times out of ten, they'll say, okay, that's fine. And they'll say that's fine that I can answer it later because I acknowledge them. First of all, I commended them. I say, thank you for asking that. That's an excellent question. And then I gave them a valid reason why I wanted to postpone answering it. And then finally, I asked their permission. I said, would it be okay with you if I addressed that when we got to the question and answers? Because I do want to make sure I answer that for you. Because I I addressed it that way, they don't mind. They feel like they were acknowledged versus... They're asking the question, hey, well, hey, Ty, you know, uh, I would like to know about the Higginbotham effect. Okay, yeah, yeah, John, we'll get to that later. Now, as I was saying, I just discounted this person, and as a result, they're going to make life somewhat difficult for me. So whenever possible, you want to save questions to the end of your presentation, all right? And if someone interrupts even still with a question... Uh, you want to use what we call a switch, where you acknowledge it, you thank them for asking, you, you acknowledge that it was a great question, and you ask permission to answer it during the question and answer series. All right? So let's talk about some presentation skills as far as posture. You know, I've seen uh, presentation instructors where they talk about you know, how you stand, and my, 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 I don't believe in all of that. I just say, hey... Stand where you're comfortable. Just don't have your shoulders shrugged down. Don't have your hand in your pocket where you're jangling change or you're jangling tic-tacs. Uh, you know, just stand where you look professional. All right. Stand with good poise. As far as movement, I don't mind movement. Uh, most of us can't talk unless we're moving. I don't even mind hand gestures. The, the gestures that I would recommend that you stay away from. Is pointing with your finger at someone. People don't like that. Don't point with a marker. Don't point with your your remote or your remote mouse. Don't re- point with the laser in the person's eye. Uh, just if it, just don't point. <laughs> All right. So gestures okay as long as they're in moderation. Uh, you don't want to be flailing all over the place like you're doing some new age dance or anything. But everything in moderation. 
And as we said, eye communication is very important. Uh, we talked about that a little earlier. Now, one of these, with the tip I'm about to give you right now is priceless. So I hope you have your pad and your pen handy. Uh, but let's talk about how you use silence for maximum impact in a presentation. How to use silence for maximum impact in a presentation. Anytime you make a major point in a presentation that has financial implications, personal implications, profitability implications, uh, perception implications, anything that's important to them, be silent for at least five seconds after you've made your point. Like I just did. You want to give your audience an opportunity to marinate in that point. You don't want it to get lost in you talking about the next point. And I'll give you an example. Suppose for a moment I said, by you using my skills, the skills that I'm teaching you currently on presentation skills, if you will apply these consistently, you are guaranteed to earn an additional $30,000 next year. And then I let you process it because most of you have already thought about just now what you would do with that $30,000. Okay, you're going to redo the kitchen. You're going to pay off student loans. You're going to prepare for college for your children. Your mind went to where you're going to invest that money because I gave you a chance to think about it. Now, what has a tendency to happen for most of us is... Once I say, you know, as a result of you using the skills that you're learning here regarding presentation skills, this year or next year, you're going to earn an additional $30,000 in income. Now, let's talk about how we're going to also help you in the posturing during the presentations. If you just notice, what happened was the essence of what I said to you was lost because I kept talking. So anytime you're making a major point, and that's one of the things we have to get comfortable with as business professionals, as sales professionals, we have to get comfortable with silence because silence is a powerful tool. There are many times throughout the sales process, you're going to have to be quiet. You're going to have to be silent after you've made a major point like I just mentioned. You're going to have to be silent during negotiations periodically. And you're going to have to be silent when you ask for the business, when you close. And there's a saying, be quiet because whoever speaks first loses. All right. So anytime you make a major point, be silent and let them marinate in it. Let them process it. And then you move to the next point. Now, I'm getting ready to give you another key tip. This is this is the mother of all tips right here. All right. So anytime you have talked to your client or whoever you're working with and you've identified how you can reduce their cost. I don't like to use this word, but let's say save them money. I prefer reduce their costs or their expenses. Whatever amount you can reduce it by, you want to multiply that savings out. All right. So if you identify by one of your products or your services, you can reduce their costs by, uh, let's say, $3,000 per month. Instead of just saying we can reduce that cost by $3,000 per month, I want you to multiply that out 
by 12 months. And if your product has a tendency to last 10 years, I want you to multiply that out, that 3,000 out by 12 months times 10 years. So 3,000 times 12 is 36 thousand dollars times 10 years that's three hundred and sixty thousand dollars over the life of the product all right so anytime you can reduce their expenses or their costs don't leave it at a monthly figure or a daily figure multiply it out as far as you can because once you do that in many cases whatever you're talking about just pay for itself it just paid for itself. It no longer was an expense. Now it's an investment. All right. So that's now let's talk about what Ty. That's that sounds good. But what do I do if what do I do, Ty, if it's going to cost them more? What do I do, Ty? Well, that's a great question. And it's time for us to take a break. And I'll tell you when we come back. So basically, you're listening to Ty Maynard. And this is Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. I'll see you on the other side of the break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. 
If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about how to be more successful and to make more money because we're doing better things with our presentation skills. And I have a saying, everything is funny when you're making more money. So let's talk about how to do that. Now, before the break, the question came up, well, Ty, what do I do if... I cost more than they were planning on spending, all right? If, if that happens, then what you do, as I was saying earlier, if you can reduce the expenses, you multiply. Well, if you cost them more, you divide, okay? You divide by what? Well, by everything, per day, per person, per hour, per tooth. You, you divide by everything, so and you get it down to what we call reducing to the ridiculous. We, so basically what this product is, it's going to cost you $0.35 cent per day over the next three years, $0.35 cent per day, all right? So, and, but then you then link it back to what it was they said they were looking to accomplish. We're talking about $0.35 cent per day to improve the perception of your company by your customers to enhance the profitability because you're going to have less turnover to also improve the performance of your technology because you your your computers aren't going to run as slow you minimize it to the the, the least common do, the lowest common denominator and then you link it to all of the things they said they were looking to accomplish so that's how you handle it when you're too much so a couple of other things I really want you to push for presentations. Uh, most people don't want to. We would rather just send brochures and literature. But as I said in the first show, if you can get people physically involved, then comes in the mo- emotion. They want to b- remain logical. But we want to get the emotion and get them physically involved. Because when emotion and logic come into conflict, Nine times out of ten, emotion is going to win out. That's why I'm in the house I'm in, okay? Uh, emotion won out. So, I have a rule. Never tell someone what you can actually show them. You want them to see it firsthand because if you say it, they doubt it because you're supposed to say that. You're trying to sell them something. But if they see it and say it themselves, it's true. It is true. So never tell someone what you can show them. Also, the other thing is this. Another saying, evidence. Evidence defeats doubt. Evidence defeats doubt. Now, defeats is an, is an acronym. So basically, each letter stands for a way that you can actually prove to the person that they should consider investing in or purchasing whatever it is you provide. And the so let's talk about the acronym DEFEATS. And the D in DEFEATS stands for demonstration. 
something that you can actually show them firsthand. They can see it. They can touch it. They can taste it. They can feel it. And the E stands for exhibits. Exhibits. The F stands for facts. F-A-C-T-S. Facts. You may have data. You may have uh, reports that can from a third party that can prove what you're saying to them, and that's that's powerful. It's extremely powerful. All right. And the the next E stands for examples. Examples. And the A stands for analogies. Analogies, and you've probably noticed that I use a lot of analogies or examples or stories to help you understand a point. That's what you want to use also. An analogy is basically uh, a story or an example of something simple to help someone else understand something complex. And they, it, it, it makes the sales process and giving present, presentations much easier. And, and the T stands for testimonials it's not about what you say but who else says it and as much as possible you want to use testimonials that's a powerful powerful tool in presentations okay and they said that advertising is what you say about yourself but PR PR public relations is what others say about you and what others say about you in this venue is far more important than what you say about yourself. There are basically four types of testimonials that I I use and they all have varying degrees of success. The first three are probably the most successful, but an actual in-person testimonial. If you have someone that has used your product and preferably someone the other party is familiar with, they know them and they trust them, uh, that's powerful. For example, my book, Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. My book was endorsed by several Fortune 100, 500 corporations. It was endorsed also by Tony Dungy, uh, NFL uh, coach who took the Indianapolis Colts to the Super Bowl. They're Super Bowl champions. Uh, those types of things that lend itself, I don't have to say it because people around me are saying the results they got from using my services and, and reading my book. So uh, in-person testimonial is ideal, all right? The second type is I've used this where I, I would call someone and get them on the telephone. And that's a speakerphone testimonial. And you just let them tell what happened, what their experience was via the telephone. Equally effective because your audience may get an opportunity to ask them questions, and that's powerful, the third type, the third type is the video testimonial where you just go around and you video your customers and you allow that to be a part of your presentation. And it's best to get testimonials immediately after they've experienced whatever it is you provide. OK, uh, that's powerful video testimonials. And the fourth one it's effective, but it's the least effective of the other three that I mentioned, and that's the written testimonial. Okay, the first three, the in-person, the speakerphone, and the video, they get a chance to actually see and or hear 
another individual that had a favorable result with your products or services. And last but not least, statistics. The S stands for statistics. Small numbers to really sharp people mean big things. To give an example, uh, there was a time where I, when I was in the furniture industry, uh, I sold a, com- a car, a company, 1,500 ergonomic chairs because I showed the president how a report by another Fortune 100 company where ergonomic seating helped this particular company's employees sit an extra six minutes per day. Now, the purchasing guy only wanted to spend $85 per chair, but I got the president of the company to sign off on $395 per chair. Because when we did the math, six minutes per day times 1,500 employees equal 9,000 extra minutes per day times six days per week they were working times 50 weeks per year equal 2.7 million minutes. And when you divided that by uh, 60 minutes to see how many hours that was, that converted to six minutes per day converted to 45,000 extra hours of production per year. And to that president, it was a no brainer to invest three hundred and eighty five dollars per employee to get an extra forty five thousand hours of production. All right. So these are some of the things that we can do to help improve our presentation skills. If you apply these things, I promise you, you're going to win more business in a shorter period of time and it's going to be more profitable. Well, we're at the end of the show again and it went by like crazy. I enjoyed it. I hope you use the information. I hope you apply it. Uh, if you want to get more information like this, I have a workshop coming up, April. It's a public workshop. It's called Time Manor's Fast Track Sales Camp. And it's chock full of skill sets on everything that has to do with selling to help you be more efficient, more effective. Go to my website, TyManorGroup.com. Click on the tab for training and look up the fast track information. Gives you all of the details about the program and how to get involved, how to register. I love to see you there. It's time for us to sign off. I had a ball with you. Go out and be successful and prosperous. I'll see you next week. I'll talk to you next week. And in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. 